0: We cut down all our forests. We're doing fine. Well, I've never believed that, hmm. oh, and I well, believe we know capacity. quite
1: better than that. So you're right.
0: The- no, but you know, let me talk for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the I'm a professor. You okay. are the president. That's <laughs> no, all no, that we need. No, I'm Professor Biden from Penn. <laughs> I've been on a lot of university campuses. Matter of fact, for four years, I was a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. But Jen, uh, three times now, the president has made comments about the war that the White House or he himself subsequently said did not reflect U.S. policy or legal determination when he said Putin is a war criminal, uh, when he said that Putin cannot remain in power, and of course, his comment about this being genocide in Ukraine. Um, does this not send a signal to the world that there kind of is an asterisk uh, any, next to anything that the President says? Well, Well, when the President ran, uh, he promised the American people he would Uh, shoot from the shoulder is his phrase that he often uses and tell to them straight and his comments yesterday not once but twice and on war crimes are are an exact reflection of that god bless you all
2: It's april 15th 2022 welcome to the daily rob you can find us all across the internet check the link tree it's in the description and it has all of rob's sites now in an age of tech censorship it's always nice if you follow us in more than one place because if the axe comes for us you'll at least know where we are now without further ado the man the myth the legend the one and only Rob Smith.
1: Hello, Stu. Despite living in a reign of terror like Paris 1793, I, it is still just a remarkable time to be alive. And it is a remarkable day in old Virginia, Stu. I took a long walk this morning. Everything's in bloom, the weather is perfect. Um, uh, I'm happy and filled with joy, Stu. What is it you love about uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia, Stu? Is it is it the beauty, the, the history, the good-looking women, the food, family,
2: being a smith? I definitely say I think we have some pretty interesting wildlife. So I guess the flora and fauna.
1: All right, Stu. Well, now, which state of the union do you
2: think has the best looking women? Mm -hmm. I guess probably Alabama might have that in the bag. So, okay, Stu. Stu votes for Alabama.
1: I've always been partial to Carolina girls, but um, frankly, Stu, there are good looking women everywhere. And they're all after you, Stu. You wouldn't believe the emails I get. Will you give me Stu's phone number? I think women are a lot more uh, bored, Stu,
2: than they used to be. Stu, is there anything going on in the news? Sure. Uh, one thing I'm looking at is Biden is giving an additional $800 million to Ukraine and Spending his way to popularity by helping the Ukrainians is not making him popular, and it just further kind of, and well, the policy just further complicates negotiations for peace, and I think it personally makes me uncomfortable. I mean, eight hundred million dollars is a lot of money, and. You know, it's money that's being spent with a leaky bucket and a leakier bucket than normal because it's well, going to a country that is corrupt and was considered corrupt up until the moment Russia invaded, where they became the victims after that, in this world of victim-loving mentality.
1: Well, Stu, so there are a lot of reasons why people don't like Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps the most is he's a friggin' idiot. And a feeble old man. And then he is being controlled as a puppet of the Obamaites. I mean, these extreme Marxist things that he is enacting and believes in are things in his whole 150 year long career in Washington he's never stood for. And all of a sudden, he's just this neo Marxist. Um, he obviously has struck a deal with the devil. But, Stu, I agree with you, but um, you know, giving money to foreign countries is a, a leaky bucket because you never know where the money's going. Um, and almost always, um, these countries are corrupt, and the money um, goes into the pockets of certain people who are aligned with the government and the oligarchs. So, Stu, I always share your concern At any time the Fed spend a bunch of money. Money—it's almost always a complete waste and a drain on the private sector. So there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I want the I want the Ukrainians to, you know, beat the sons of a bitch's back, of course, but um, but that does not mean that just throwing money at problems fixes problems. It generally does not. Generally, makes them worse.
2: I'm starting to see this as a proxy war more than I had been. With the fact that i think a lot of this is about weakening russia by continuing a fight there while um, meanwhile we get to be safe and sound but the ukrainians can do the dirty work you know trying to keep the russians occupied spending money the russians spending money the russians wasting resources and you know that might put us put us, the United States, in a better spot to manipulate them and to, you know, force them into our idea of what the world should look like if they start to weaken as a foreign power because they've overspread themselves, you know, kind of like what had happened in Afghanistan with the Soviet Union. Just now, it's a little bit to the West. Well, Stu, our government's always
1: been interested in nation building and, um, you know, it seldom works. It's um, never worked. <laughs> well, we built Germany up after uh, World War II. Of course, we should have never let it be divided to begin with. And that, Stu, was the fault of uh, basically FDR. One, he was feeble, but two, he had this Harvard elitist mentality that he could actually talk with Joseph's, Joseph's, Joseph Stalin. And he would reason with him because, you know, he's he's so brilliant um, he, he really um, the other thing is dude, we had a lot of fellow travelers in the government when Yalta occurred including Alger Hiss. Um, and you know they're like hey how'd y'all like to have Eastern Europe when all we had to do was cut Russia off they had you know the, the, yeah yeah the Soviets fought heroically against the Germans they didn't have much choice but um almost all of their armaments, armaments, armaments and food came from us and uh, we were completely in control of that situation and kind of as ridiculous as the Biden administration wants to um, to uh, basically give Iran almost everything not to, to slowly develop a nuclear weapon, which they're going to do anyway, and they're going to do it fast, Uh, That same elitist mentality uh, uh, existed um, uh, under FDR. So, Stu, they weren't real politic-type thinkers. And by the way, Alger Hiss was a commie, okay? We know that. We know that from the Whitaker Chambers uh, book Witness, you know, the pumpkin and the film inside there. And, you know, for years and years and years, kind of the, uh, what I would call the prep school liberals in Washington and New York Times type would go, there's no proof at all that Alger Hiss was a communist spy. Well, once the uh, wall came down, the, the Soviets released all the archives. And indeed he was an entrenched communist spy. Instead, this was another Yale man, another Ivy League man, came from a prominent family in Baltimore. And you really see that today. Some of the um, the most woke are these folks who have had everything given to them and lived these lives of prestige, and they hate their country. The lesson is history repeats itself. And um, what went on with the fellow travelers um, under the Under FDR, we have them in Washington now. We have people working in all in many, many, many offices of government who actually hate our country and are working to undermine it. So did you hear about the the Disney protest? Apparently, um, you know, there was a big parade. I mean, a big, I won't say a mob, but... um, a big mass of uh, parents who have protested right there in Disneyland. And Stu, apparently the CEO, and I don't know whether the accounts I read, how accurate they were, uh, has admitted that um, they've gone too far in their wokeness. Stu, don't we have a video coming
2: out about this? Yes, that will most likely be Sunday. I do have the CEO speaking. His initial stance was, well, we don't need to be involved with politics. You know, we make animation. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> what a radical stance that is. And so then he had to come out and apologize. And so the video essentially ends with his apology. Sankey wasn't a strong enough of an ally, but he hears everyone now. But um, the previous CEO who uh, Chapik replaced he was the one who almost like came back to the company and riled everyone up. I mean, it's it's pretty sinister. Like, imagine if you know you become the new CEO, you're doing really well, and then your previous boss comes in and essentially almost does like a semi-mutiny because you didn't get political enough. I mean, mm. it's effed up. It sure enough <laughs> is, Stu. Uh,
1: if he did that to me, I would have to. You know, use my martial arts against them. Um, anyway, Stu, um, oh, Elon Musk. This is probably the biggest news of the day. Margaret Thatcher keeps, excuse me, Stu. We
0: are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by.
1: Probably the big news of the day, I forgot all about it, is Elon Musk has um, made a bid to buy all of Twitter stock for $54.20 a share, taking it private. He would, in essence, be offering um, the the shareholders a 54% increase um, from the day he started buying the stock. Um, Seems to me like a good deal for them, Stu. Uh, we will see where this goes, but you know, it's been a it's a publicly held company. Um, what are they going to do, Stu? Um, this is going to be really interesting, and uh, I applaud him. And he says his reason for doing it is free speech. Um, and of course, as soon as he's on there, he um, you know he he can add a lot more uh, content, the, um, what's that guy's name? The weird looking putin guy, um, Oh, Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey. He's not, he's not protecting shareholders by, um, by kicking people like Donald Trump off with 85 million subscribers. Um, you're not supposed to do that in a public company. Still, if you, if you want to have a private, Held, held company that screws your uh, your shareholder, um, your main shareholder, uh, perhaps you can do that. Um, so anyway, Stan, uh, that's the big news of the day and it's gonna be interesting to follow.
2: Yeah, it's like one of his quotes, I believe, is he wants to unlock the enormous potential of Twitter. So I'm really curious to see what he means by that because if you look at a Tesla, it's a very fascinating little piece of machinery it it works really well so i would really like to see his kind of little tech mind revamp twitter in some ways well there's a lot you can do with that Stu.
1: um i've always shied away from it because you know Stu, i'm a man of letters you reduce me to how many was it 160 characters or something
2: I think they've upped it, but typically it was around yeah, one point sixteen. You know, 16.
1: I'm just not in for that superficial news bite type of guy. I'd rather dig deeper into things. Uh, and also, I don't care what movie stars in Hollywood have to say about shit, you know? It just doesn't, doesn't interest me. But with the platform they have, um, boy, they could really do some things. Um, um, and, and that would could be the number one news provider in the world, if if, if he opens it up, it has enormous potential. You know, I don't, you read all these things, these headlines about how Biden's approval numbers are, are way down. Well, you know, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to that because the election is not next week. But it is interesting that his approval numbers among Hispanics is at its lowest point ever. And, um, them. I mean, that's not a good demographic for the Democrats. Um, Also read today, Stu, that Governor Newsom in California is unveiling a new plan to get rid of all gasoline cars in the next 12 years. Now, Stu, I mean, the chutzpah of these people who want to eradicate an industry that's been around for 125 years or so, that is on every street corner uh, in California. It it affects everybody, um, but just on a whim um, to do this. Of course, um, the fossil fuel industry has absolutely nothing to do with any kind of serious climate change. Uh, It's all a ruse. It's much like the COVID pandemic. It's a way for politicians to get control. Well, we're living in a time, Stu, of what uh, Matthias Beckert, I think is his last name, the Belgian um, psychiatrist and philosophy guy who who coined the term mass formation psychosis, which is right along uh, with uh, what Hitler and a number of other folks said, that if you repeat a lie enough, it becomes truth. Who else said that, Stu? Um,
0: Did Robespierre
1: or somebody say that as well?
2: I think either Stalin or Lenin said that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, they repeat this thing, climate change, climate change, climate change. Well, Stu, I've been around long enough. I remember when the climate was uh, when there was real air pollution in the air um, uh, and Lake Erie was on fire. Stu, the way you have a clean environment is through uh, prosperity and capitalism, which has the resources to um, to remedy things in the environment uh, where we all can enjoy, you know, clean air and uh, clean water. Uh, this idea that somehow uh, uh, carbon gets into the atmosphere and it's causing the pl- the planet to have unusual climate um, cycles is ridiculous. The history of the world is the climate is not stagnant. And um, anyway, it's a control mechanism, Stu, of the left, just like the COVID pandemic.
2: Is there even enough lithium on planet Earth for everyone to have an electric car? Yeah, or, or cobalt as well. Uh, I mean, the,
1: the mining that would have to go on Uh, is, uh, is, is so enormous, Stu. Stu, I don't think you could mine it all that quickly. And plus, it would create incredible um, environmental damage. And plus, we want to preserve some of the lithium uh, for other things, uh, like computers. Um, Again, um, it's this this ego driven mania, where one human being or a collection of them want to wave a magic wand and see the world as they think it should be uh, based on ignorance, as opposed to letting the market dictate what and people, free people, decide things
2: on their own. Um, I think it's more sinister in that, in the sense of the World Economic Forum of you will own nothing and be happy where no one will have a car anymore and you can just take the public electric bus wherever you want to go.
1: No, 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 no. You're right. 80% right. But you said wherever you want to go. No, sure. you will take that electric bus to where they want you to go. And that's what all this is. They, You remember the Beach Boy tunes about cars, GTOs and things like that? The left hates that type of stuff because it represents liberty and people making decisions for themselves. And you know what else it represents, Steph? Happiness. They don't want you to be happy. They want you to
2: be a drone of the
1: state. And you know what I say, Steph? Yourself.
2: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Anthem where they kind of reduce technology back so they can control everybody. And then once the guy makes a new technology that he thinks will help everybody, they cast him out like he's some witch. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> good book. And you can that's knock amazing. that book out in like 20 minutes. So, What book is that now? Anthem by Anne Rand.
1: Boy, you know, again, she's right on the money. about that stuff. just yeah. still up here at the University of Virginia. As you know, I listened to uh, Mike Pence here the other night who spoke about wokeness and cancel culture on American campuses. And rather than tell you about it and give you my view of what he said, um, why don't we just produce the clip or a link to the clip and let people decide for themselves to imagine that, a free society where people can actually listen to free speech and ideas and form their own conclusions. Gosh, what a great idea.
0: Well, hello, UVA. Or should I say, wahoo I want to thank you all for being here tonight. I want to thank you for for the warm welcome. And it is my great honor to welcome you to the Ken and Janice Schengold Advancing Freedom Lecture Series sponsored by Young America's Foundation, here on the grounds of the school founded by the author of the Declaration of Independence. Thank you all. And I want to thank uh, Nick for that kind introduction, but uh, he knows that uh, the one I prefer is a little bit shorter. I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican, in that order. And it is my great honor to be on the campus of the University of Virginia tonight. You know, for more than 50 years, Young America's Foundation has been advancing the cause of freedom on campuses across the country. And it continues tonight. Now, I want to take just a moment to thank the UVA Young America's Foundation chapter. Many of the members are here tonight. They stood strong. They stood strong for the freedom of speech. They made tonight possible, and they do this generation credit. Will you join me in thanking UVA, YAF? You know, Benjamin Franklin said, on departing from the Constitutional Convention, when he was asked what kind of government they created, he said, A republic, if you can keep it. And conservatives know that we can keep our republic. And we will keep the torch of life and liberty burning bright for every generation to come. But we need this generation to be the freedom generation, starting right here at UVA. First, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'll share some thoughts and then I look forward to hearing what might be on your mind in the question and answer session that will follow. First and foremost, um, it may surprise you, I grew up in a small town in southern Indiana. My family had a gas station business. I was what was called back then a gas station attendant which uh, some of the people my age in the room can explain to you, young people, what that actually was. (laughs) But early in my life, I was drawn to public service. I was inspired by the example of President John F. Kennedy, the example of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. And I signed on to the Democratic Party. I was actually the Youth Democrat Party Coordinator in Bartholomew County, Indiana, in 1975. Kind of a community organizer, if the truth be told. (laughs) But over my high school years, I I began to study the Constitution. I went to a small college in southern Indiana, and I took a degree in American history with special emphasis on the American founding, so much of which just generated out of this great and historic state. That was also at a time that I made a most important decision in my life. I, I put my faith in Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And my life has never been the same. At that time, my politics and my thinking about America actually began to shift. Much of that was impacted, candidly, by the voice and the inspiration of the 40th President of the United States, Ronald Reagan. And when I heard Reagan's optimistic vision for our country, a strong national defense, limited federal government, traditional values, it resonated with my heart. I signed up for the Reagan revolution, and I've never looked back. Now, my career would take me into talk radio. I actually hosted a small-town talk radio show in Indiana for the better part of 10 years. It was kind of like Rush Limbaugh on decaf. (laughs) But eventually, I had the opportunity to run for and serve my hometown in the Congress of the United States. It was the dream of my life, and there I served in the Congress for 12 years, although it seemed longer. (laughs) I went on to be the governor of the great state of Indiana, but you can imagine how humbling it was the day that I raised my right hand in January of 2017 and was sworn in as the 48th Vice President of the United States. And as I begin, let me just thank you. Thank you for the honor of serving as your vice president. It was the greatest honor of my life.
2: I have one last story for today. This is just something to keep an eye on, everybody. So um, you have had heightened Israeli-Palestinian tensions during the month of Ramadan. Uh, That's the Muslim holy month. And... So there has been a lot more violence over there uh, and just something to keep an eye on. I don't know if it's going to heat up anymore, but it's certainly not looking good. So uh, lots of aggression. We covered the tomb of Joseph being destroyed. And so hopefully nothing gets to that point. But, you know, you had to deploy about 3,000 Israeli police officers at one point. So it's just kind of chaotic over there. And I'm sure a lot of this is also COVID tensions of what had been like locked down for two years is, ju- is just escalating it even more. So I think there's a bit more to why it's so violent already. But- Ramadan is not like
1: some Greek uh, baccalaurean festival where people get naked and drunk
2: for a month. Is it still?
1: Don't they have to fast?
2: exact opposite i mean you can't even drink water during the day Uh, so it's fast a lot of spiritual fasting uh physical fasting and it's very intense Uh, so it's it's just and you know the people who are doing the violence might not even be you know um strict muslims or uh adhering to ramadan yeah they probably are still let's oh they might not be adhering to ramadan
1: but no but they might consider themselves strict Muslims and that this is what they're supposed to do because they do have that element in Islam, Stu. And Stu, let me speak up for Christianity right here, son. They do this for 30 days, right? Well, during Lent, which is where we are now, we do it for 45 days. So take that. (laughs) Stu, I've been eating a salad almost every day, okay? I've been fasting. Well, not fasting like they are, but, you know, I've been doing my Lenten exercises. So don't give me this, ooh, we do it for 30 days things. We do it for 45, bitches.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I got for you today. All
1: right, Stu, you need anything? Uh, You want me to bring it back some dirt from the northern neck of Virginia? It has special medicinal qualities, Stu. I mean, you can rub it on you and you feel better. Uh, If you are aged, which you're not, Stu, you can rub it in your face and it removes wrinkles. Um, If you put it on your calves and you're out there playing hoops, you can jump higher. I'll be glad to bring you back some stuff. Sure, sounds great. Okay, all right, go get them. See ya. Bye. Later. Look what I got. I got a jar of dirt, I got a jar of dirt, and guess what's inside it?